I was at the hot club the other night, and everyone was talking about this barbecue joint, Dirk's Barbecue. You been there? Bro, of course. It's amazing. You won't believe how great the ribs are. And they won Best Brisket in Rhode Island again. Best part is the giant wall of whiskeys. Like 180 or something. They got tons of outdoor seating, too. Right downtown. The place is amazing. Wow, I love it. Finish up and let's get out of here. Dirk's Barbecue, 33 Aborn Street in downtown Providence. One block from Trinity Brewhouse. Just follow your nose. Dirk's, the best barbecue not in Texas. It's Boston's most listened to afternoon radio program. Vulgar mm. and mass. You need a little bit of fat in there for flavor. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. On 98.5, the Sports Hub. Hour two. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Join us in our Tom Frittari studios in Waltham. We're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, both on 98.5 The Sports Hub and the simulcast. Themes across New England and the country on NBC Sports Boston. I take it, Greg, you probably agree with Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, who tweeted out the following overnight. Or yesterday? Today? Uh, it was last night. It was late yesterday. Yesterday. If anyone tells you it's Mac Jones's issue in New England, they're out of their freaking minds says Dan Orlovsky. If anyone tells you it's Mac Jones's issue in New England, they're out of their freaking minds. This offense has completely regressed this player, and it's awful. And then I, you, you put the screenshot on here. DJ Bean replied. Yeah, DJ. Wrong, all caps, says DJ. He isn't the problem, but he hasn't been a very good player. And then Orlovsky, big mistake, replies to DJ. Tweet beef. Dan says, how can a quarterback be good when the playbook stinks, the play calls stink, the O-line can't protect, the timing is awful, the spacing is poor, and no one wins in their routes. And I thank God you don't put in any more because I don't need to read any more of DJ Bean on Twitter. Or Orlovsky. (laughs) (laughs) Orlovsky, I know. No, Orlovsky, I'll take. But uh, either way, (laughs) Maz, your thoughts. Okay, so look again. I don't understand why the quarterback's exempt. What, so you telling me there were no plays that the quarterback makes a mistake? Is that what Dan Orlovsky's hitting at? That's ridiculous. I mean, that is a, that is absolutely freaking ridiculous. And so, again, Bedard were talking, and I were talking about this during some of the breaks, and I went on. I read Greg's film study every week. There are plays there where there are receivers open, and Jones isn't even looking at them. Now, Greg, to your point, the coaching clearly has something to do with that. I will also tell you that I think that when he's been under pressure, and I understand there's a cumulative effect. I don't think he's handled it well. I, th- I think he's, he's you know, and I'm not sure he ever had the physical ability to begin with. So that's another factor. Like, there were certain throws. Greg, you know the play uh, where Myers had to sort of slide back and stop and catch the ball? And you pointed out in your film study that Jones made the right read. Myers actually made the mistake, okay? That's what I think. I don't know that, but that was my view of that, that I thought Jacoby should have sat down right there in the zone, and that's what Mac thought. Okay, and yesterday, Mike, you and I thought that Jones threw a poor ball there. Yes, and and Myers bailed him out. Okay, and watching the play again, if Jones has a stronger arm, he can still throw it to that spot and get it in there, but he doesn't. So now he's got to throw it away from coverage and ask his receiver to make a catch that is a little bit more difficult than it should be because he doesn't have the arm strength to get it in that window that fast. So this is a problem. When you face good defenses, you're going to have a problem. And if you want to win a championship, you're going to face good defenses. So you're siding with DJ over Dan Orlovsky? 
No, I'm siding with me. You check yourself at the door. Yeah, I don't side with DJ on anything. <laughs> I'm joking. No, circle DJ, line through. <laughs> now, I do. I, I will say, I do agree with Maz on a couple things. Um, there are plays, and that's why I had him in my three down. There are plays there that he should be making um, that he's not. And his, like Zoe said on that that replay, like he's not even looking to that side of the field and and you see that on film, you're like, wait a minute, why is he staring down Tyquan Thornton when he's got three different options on this side, including Kendrick Bourne open at the sticks to, you know, convert the 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 third down. And all I can do is go back to last year where I don't I don't remember that happening very often. I mean, there were plays where Mac missed guys, but it wasn't like I don't remember, and I could be wrong. I, I don't remember ever saying like, "Man, he's not seeing this right at all." Um, but and, and Mac might, uh, Mass might be right about his arm. That at the end of the day, it's not good enough. I do think that that grows in time. I think that Brady didn't have a strong arm very early in his career, so I'm allowing for that. I'm holding off on that. This is why I don't really judge guys till three years in. But I will also say that I do think I'm being fair about this because we looked at like the guys last year in the draft. Trevor Lawrence, joke of a situation. I refuse to say. I'm like, I'm not judging that guy on that. Urban Meyer and everything that was going on there. Justin Fields had, you know, Matt Nagy for one year. He's in a new system. I, I wasn't going to indict the guy on that. Uh, Trey Lance wasn't ready. He was a project. You know, the, the 49ers overdrafted him. We'll see. But... You know, my point is, is that with young quarterbacks, unless they're a unicorn, even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, didn't play. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years, completely reconstructed his motion while he was sitting before he got a chance. And he was six and 10 taking over an NFC championship team his first year in Green Bay. Uh, these things take time. I just I understand how things have changed in the NFL. Things can change quickly for a team, so to speak. I think that's a little bit overrated. But you know, I, I just think that you gotta be careful with these young guys. And like we said early on, what the Patriots have done this year to Mac Jones, changing the coordinator, you know, changing the playbook, bad protection. Straight out of any of these uh, Jacksonvilles and whoever else in terms of how not to, to develop a young quarterback. And that's where the Patriots are right now. Back to your phones. Rick and Shrewsbury. Go ahead, Rick. Hi, yeah. Um, you were talking. I know I heard that Mac Jones really likes rap. And I know that a lot of rappers like Kendrick Lamar and Naz are influential influenced by a group called Joy Division, especially their album Unknown Rick, Pleasures. What, Rick, what are you giving me here? What are you that they have about? a sign, Leaders of Men, and if you read the last ranks, he might have been referring to that as Leaders of Men. Leaders of and oh, it's really I, I see. So we, he's going back to yesterday that uh, Mac Jones called Matt Patricia a leader of men. A great leader of men. Great leader of men. It's a rap lyric? Whatever. I don't care where he got it from. It's a corny thing to call your 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 young, your inexperienced, struggling offensive coordinator. It's either who dis sucks. Yeah, who it's sucks? It's either disingenuous or like a complete crock. Like he was doing that as a bit almost. I, if I knew that, that would actually make it more palatable. I, I don't care where he got the line from. It was freaking corny and over the top. Chuck in Ohio. I don't mean to yell at you, but Chuck in Ohio, go ahead, yell at Bedard. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just, I just, if I hear Bedard. 
make another comparison with Mac Jones. Like, it shows he's really sinking fast because he's Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady did that, too. He's just like Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady threw interceptions. That is so weak. Don't even don't even mention Mac Jones in the same breath as Tom Brady. Come on. Get, get it wasn't a, if you were Stop listening it. correctly, it wasn't a comparison to Tom Brady. He was telling you about how all quarterbacks, even the greatest of all time, struggle with pressure and react to pressure if they're not protected well over a, over a certain length of time. And no response from Chuck in Ohio. I think he was doing his dishes or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big boy, shut him up pretty good. Anthony and Nada, go ahead, Anthony. Hey, Greg, you know, I want, my question is, what's the solution? And I, I know we got, set, we got seven games to go, but I, I kind of had my epiphany in the fourth quarter when I walked out of the game early, and I was just like, you know, we're a middle. We're we're an average team without a quarterback, and we got awful coaching on the offensive side of the ball. I still think Bill can coach. I but my my For question sure. is is let's 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 just say this finishes out the way it is right now. They squeak in. They don't. Maybe they they. No, I, you know what? I, I don't want to talk about you, your comment line. Said, "What's the solution, Greg? What's the solution?" Great question. I, I always go back, even when they 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 struggle in the past. Just go back to basics, like. Limit the playbook to a certain number of plays, and then you expand there. That's that's where I think this whole thing was broken from the beginning, where Matt Patricia came out and said, like, all right, that was the baseline, and now we're going to take it to another level, and we're going to go for these big plays, and we're going to be a big play passing offense where, you know, I, I don't know if he talked to Josh McDaniels about this or, like, did he ask his, his opinion on, hey, how did you coach Mac? You know why did you do certain things? And I think if he would have went to McDaniel's, McDaniel's would have said, "Look, he's a young guy. He had to be really tightly managed." I know, like a lot of people say, we're being conservative, and that that's the way we needed to play. He wasn't ready for that. We weren't ready for that. So that's the way we called the game. And probably McDaniel's would say, "I don't. I would start there. I wouldn't get ahead of your skis very much, and just all of a sudden open things up because I don't think he's ready for that." I don't think this offense is ready for that. And I thought that from the get-go, they they opened it up way too fast. Now they need to bring it in, get more condensed, get more simple, start power running game. The outside zone stuff was obviously and, – and one point I wanted to make, because I heard them talking about this on the post-game show, Curran and Matt Castle. And Castle, Curran was wondering if they wasted – too much time in training camp. And oh, Castle's like... They certainly did. Yeah, and Castle's point was, oh, every training camp you're trying new stuff. Even with Josh McDaniels. No. You don't understand, Matt. You weren't here during training camp. This wasn't, we're developing a new package. Or we're trying to incorporate a few more plays. They overhauled the entire offense. This is what they spent their entire summer on that they're not even running now. So that was a complete fail. They obviously did waste a whole month working on stuff that never worked, doesn't work now. Again, they ran like three outside zone plays in this game. You know, minus two, zero, minus three, and two yards. Like, they did waste a ton of time, and now they wonder why they're behind. Like, this wasn't just a package. This was they tried to change the offense and it was a complete and utter fail and now they are they have to deal with the results. Okay, 10 questions with Bedard then back to your phones right after this. 
This Sports Hub on-demand content is brought to you by Coors Light. This football season, Coors Light wants you to have a chance to want a personalized cameo message from me, so And be sure to scan the QR code that you can find at your participating bars, restaurants, and package stores. Or just log on to CoorsLightFootball.com to enter for your chance to win a personalized cameo from me, Coors Light. Made for football, made to chill. Worried about energy costs going into colder months? The Mass Save Heat Loan Program provides you with the opportunity to apply for a 0% APR interest loan from St. Mary's Credit Union to assist with the installation of eligible and recommended energy-efficient improvements in your home. Learn more at stmarriescu.org. The most popular afternoon radio show in Boston. Some sort of prid quo quo there. Felger. Excuse me. And Mass. Excuse me. 98.5, the sports up. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5, the sports hub. All right, 10 questions, 10 minutes. we got to be on time also. Let you know the 10 questions with Greg Bedard is brought to you by Awaken 180. Every Thanksgiving, a common tradition is to say, What are we thankful for this year? Make better health your declaration by starting Awaken 180 today. Jimmy, buzzer options, please. Hey, Quentin, what's up, man? What's up, hey. How's it going? Hey, you fired up? Next, hit it. I'm always got, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a rainmaker. You know, I'm not, it's party time. Okay, Jim's in the news. This is why we're doing it next. I'm a perfectionist, guys. <laughs> what? That guy's the best. <laughs> They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. Yeah, that was him yesterday. Go that was nerds. great, too. Yeah. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. <laughs> Is that a word, Mess? I have no, no idea. No, it's definitely not a word. Let me Google it. I thought it was quarter. I thought it might be right. Let you just don't, hear, just don't hear it very often. Next. Last Last Go ahead. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. <laughs> That's nothing but lips and a-holes. That's what's in sausage, man. <laughs> I don't know how to make sausage. <laughs> All right, next. Hit it. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. Pork and fat. Quartile has to be a word. It is a word. Yeah, it is uh, each of four equal groups into which a population can be divided according to the distribution of values of a particular variable. Okay, number 10. (laughs) Complete the sentence, Greg. The Colts' decision to fire Frank Reich and replace him with Jeff Saturday is? Brilliant if your goal is to tank. And which I think they are trying to do. But I just want to say, they did Frank Reich dirty. That's a good football coach. Uh, The GM never gave him a quarterback. He got screwed. He had those guys competitive, but always let down by the quarterback and then made him start Sam Ellinger, which is another joke. Abject stoogery is what it is. 100%. Complete clown show. They're absolutely trying to tank. Fueled by opiates. And it's and hiring Jeff Saturday. I mean, bring Peyton Manning in. Like All this was was a name from the glory years. And designed to, you know, have some buzz for this team that's tanking. A guy has no experience. He coached at high school. Next. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. I, I, I know it's a word. I knew it's a word, but it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> it does coming. not sound right. It I, doesn't sound right coming out of his lips. No. Number in the n- upper quartile, we're in the upper quartile. Number nine, in your NFL lifetime, what's the dumbest head coaching hire you can remember? 
where you thought from day one, this isn't right. Joe Philbin with the Dolphins. Joe, I love Joe. Great guy. I covered him with the Packers. On those staffs, he would have been at the bottom of my list of guys that would have should have been head coaches off of that staff. Murray said this the other day. The name stuck in my head. Jim Tom Sula. Hey, you yeah. guys want to play some football? <laughs> hey, Joey Buttafuoco. Hey, let's go. That's a great one. I thought John Gruden the second time around with the Raiders. I thought he was too far removed from the game. Too many years. Uh, too much money up front. I didn't think it would end with racist emails, but I figured that would end badly. I thought he was too far removed from the game at the time. Three come to mind. Two of them were Cowboys, Barry Switzer and Dave Campo. Oh, Switzer. Oh, Campo. He won a Super Bowl. Switzer yeah. did. And then I'll go way back. And I love this man. We all love this man. But from the second at Dick McPherson. Oh, they come from UMass to here. Was he the UMass coach and then the Patriots coach? Syracuse, I thought. Syracuse. It was yeah. Syracuse. You're right. It was Syracuse. Did he ever coach UMass? You know who was worse? Rod Rust. Yes, he did back in the day. So McPherson, My mom actually worked in the football office. Okay, for Dick McPherson at UMass. Mm -hmm. But it was Syracuse in there as well. It was just from the start. It's like, no, this isn't a NFL head coach. Next. I'm always got, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a rainmaker. You know, I'm not, it's party time. Wow. Number eight. What's the biggest <laughs> joke franchise in the NFL right now? Cardinals. Feels like the wheels are coming off and they're going to come on in-season hard knocks very soon. Indy. Indy's a joke. I mean, bad quarterbacks over the last three years. They just fired the coach. They hired a guy who's never coached before. As Murray said, the owner's got his own set of issues. They're a mess. Raiders. Maz started them with Tier 1. Many thought playoffs, maybe deep playoffs. Offense that should have been better with Devontae Adams. Instead, another big blown lead this past Sunday. Lose to Jacksonville. Season's over. McDaniels might not make the Pats game. Okay. I said franchise. So I don't know how anyone knocks the Commanders out of the top spot. They have been and remain the biggest joke franchise in the league, although I ask it because Indy's threatening. Next. Hey, Quentin. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, you fired up? Murray, fill in the blank. This is for you. Tom Brady's last second game-winning touchdown pass against the Rams was? The most important regular season win in his entire career. Everyone's been basically out on him. Uh, thinks that he's old, it's over, you lose that game, you're now behind the stupid Falcons in the division, you're going to Germany to play the Seahawks team that's legit, people are cackling, people are loving it, it's finally over, you lose to the Rams again, Brady's washed up, and oh, whoops, nope, nope, oh no, let me hillbilly wipe the world again with this finish, you left me too much time, you idiots, quick three and out, oh, even though I'm surrounded by stiffs with frying pans for hands and an O-line that sucks and a fat running back, let me get up and hillbilly wipe the world again, and that it made so many people <laughs> so mad around here, just made it all that much better, he's not done yet, you pricks, it's not over yet, so there he is again, oh, oh, oh that was good, I hate that I missed it and I had to listen to it in the stupid car, but I caught up with it when I got home. Next. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. <laughs> it would have been better if he was like, it's like a quarter ounce. We're like a full, like a, you know. <laughs> QP. Yeah. That is so good. Uh, number six, assess Josh Allen's elbow injury. Is it possible he can return from it and actually be effective? I know it's not good for pitchers, but my fear with Josh Allen is he he's too much of a competitor. He won't be able to, if they say, like, dial it back, he needs to throw it 150 miles an hour, and it's going to take over, and he's going to ruin himself. He's going to blow it out. My answer is yes. He can find a way to get through it. He's going to have so to too. probably miss some games. I mean, you know, they play, face a couple of lambs that they can beat without him. They'll do that and manage it, and I bet you he can play. What would, what would happen if Chris Sale had this? 
Oh, he'd uh, come back too early, get in a bike accident, break his wrist. <laughs> sounds, it sounds ominous. I have the asterisks ready for the Patriots games when they play them in case the Patriots beat them without Josh there Allen. And uh, as I said before the season, you know, I'm, I want him to actually be healthy. I want them to play the Chiefs again in the playoffs. But I said before the season and during the season as they look like the, the best team in the league, it was all a matter of time before the Bills tripped over their own hogs yep. and did a Bills thing and screwed this whole thing up. Next. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage, but I do know how to build a football team. Okay, we're halfway through the year. Tool bag question. Who's been the biggest tool bag in the league over the first half? Aaron Rodgers. Just in what's gone on there. Five in a row. Some of the throws he made this past weekend, losing to the Lions. Oh, horrible. I haven't still gotten last week out of my head. Zach Wilson, that kid's a tool bag. Freaking tool with that headband, and he blows. I'm with Greg. Aaron Rodgers, how's that vision quest working now for you, uh, Ayahuasca boy? He stinks. He looks like washed. Let's pick this up on the other side. First, give us an update, Murray, and then we're right back to finish off the 10 questions. I'm always got, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a rainmaker. You know, I'm not. I- Worried about energy costs going into the colder months? Now is the time to make energy-efficient improvements to your home. The more efficient your home is, the lower your utility bills will be. Save even more if you qualify for the 0% APR Mass Save Heat Loan Program. Learn more today. Call a St. Mary's Credit Union loan expert at 508-490-8000 or visit stmarycu.org. We set a higher standard for banking. Yours. Worried about energy costs going into colder months? The Mass Save Heat Loan Program provides you with the opportunity to apply for a 0% APR interest loan from St. Mary's Credit Union to assist with the installation of eligible and recommended energy-efficient improvements in your home. Learn more at stmarycu.org. Now, more of Felger and Mass. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. All right, finishing up the 10 questions. Hit it, Jimmy. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. And the upper quartile of winners were in the top quartile of that upper quartile. Wow. Rank the three worst starting quarterbacks in the league, Greg. Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. In other words... (laughs) The Patriots schedule. Go. Yeah, the last two weeks. <laughs> really. Uh, I have the same three, but in a different order. Zach Wilson, Sam Ellinger, Mac Jones. I think I have a different guy on here, but all versions of the same middling, unwatchable bore. Mac Jones, Andy Dalton, Sam Ellinger. Next. Hey, Quentin. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, you fired up. <laughs> Number three, storming the field has really become a thing in the college ranks this year. I mean, it always has, but it feels like it's rampant, right? Uh, question, Greg, and the panel. Mm-hmm. Have you ever stormed the field for any game? And you can expand it to a concert, public gathering, anything close to that. Have you ever done it? I have. Twice at Rutgers. Uh, my first homecoming in 1992. Boy, we had a this rid- is, I'm sorry. We had a ridiculous comeback. This is pathetic. To beat Virginia Tech 50-49. I thought my entire college career was going to be like that. No, not so much. And then uh, we beat Georgetown in hoops when they were good, like Victor Page was on the team. and but So we stormed the, the, the court. By the time I got down there, I was so high up in the student section, uh, there was nobody left. So. Can you imagine the big boy jumping a fence? <laughs> when he said, by the time he got there, he was so high up, that's when Murray will stop I might stop have been out of breath, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've never stormed the field. Ever. No, me either. The closest to anything like this I've done was I was at the hat shell for that Green Day show in 94, but really at, like, the end of it. 
I was just going to say. But that's it. The Who at Pro Player Stadium in 1980-whatever, I can't remember the year, jumped uh, onto the field and ran to the stadium. That's the closest I've come. Big Boy storms the field at Rutgers. Twice. Wow. Yep. You see him field coming and to court. <laughs> Actually, I was much. I was this size back then. I was going to say he and his 17 of his classmates. Next. <laughs> I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage, but I do know how to build a football team. Okay, it's the bye week, right? What's the best thing you ever did on the bye week, Craig? In all your years covering the football, what's the best thing you ever did during the bye? Or do you have a go-to activity that you do during the bye week? Uh, absolutely nothing. I sleep. I rest because it's been a long haul since the start of training camp. And uh, I say hi and reacquaint myself with my family and spend time with them. That's about what I do. So I don't really have a like an annual go to, but what I do like to do is you know maybe go to a casino, gamble a little bit, sit in the sports bar, watch all the other games, be a fan without any real obligation to dig in on anything. I always do the same thing. I sit in my own filth and eat wings, just like I would if the Pats were on. Best thing I ever did during the bye week was get married, and a go to activity was then go away for our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that it that timed out uh, perfectly, but, you know, usually in the fall, well, that thing. Anyway, that's how pathetic I was when I covered the team. I yep. got married on my bye week. Next. I'm always, I'm a, I'm a rainmaker. You know, I'm not, it's party time. Last one, Patriots, OU going into the year was eight and a half. Now we're midway through the year. What do you got over, under, and where do they finish in the division? Okay, I started at eight and nine. I'm going to go over because the AFC's worse. The schedule doesn't look quite as hard. Uh, so I think they're going to be 9-8, and eight, and I think they finish I think they finish third in the division. I don't believe in the Jets and Zach Wilson. Under. I'm going under, but pending the report on Josh Allen's injury. Because if Allen's out for both games and the rest of the year or whatever, I think there's a chance they split with Buffalo, which could really screw up the math. Over but in third. And miss the playoffs, 9-8. Okay. Under and in last is where I'm at. Uh, it's, uh, so that concludes the 10 questions. Greg, you wanted to follow up on the three worst quarterbacks in the league thing? So this is related to Maz. His, one of his main criticisms of Mac is his uh, how he reacts to pressure. And, you know, it's totally justified. But, I, you know, looking at the stats that he's had, and I wondered if, if he's like this all the time against pressure. So um, his last – at Alabama – of course, it's Alabama, and he's dealing with a lot of you know good players. So against pressure, according to PFF, he completed 56.7% of his passes, had eight touchdowns, one interception, and had a big-time throw percentage of 5.6. Okay, Last year as a rookie with the Patriots, his completion percentage under pressure was 55.3%, six touchdowns, four interceptions, 3.5% big-time throw percentage. This year against pressure... He has completed 44.7% of his passes, one touchdown, five interceptions, and has not thrown, does not have a big time throw. So, my point is this is, it's a small sample size. I understand. You know, we're not talking about multiple years, but in terms of this, this year's the outlier. And to me, it's, it's the situation around him that is the crux of the problem. Mass. Yeah, so look, again, you're, what you're saying effectively is that the numbers in the face of pressure last year were comparable to what they were at Alabama. Yep. Okay, and now they've taken a dip, probably. And so all I'm saying is the, the idea that the coaching has ruined the quarterback, I'm not telling you that's wrong. What I'm telling you, though, is it might not have taken all that much to ruin this kid. So it, uh, Fair. I, I, I think it could be both. And I told you, I, don't, I just don't see the playmaking ability. That's a big one for me. 
And that, that speaks to the pressure. Like, plays come under pressure. That's when they come. You know, anybody can throw and hit a wide-open guy. I mean, hell, who can't do that? I can find that anywhere. The question is, can you make a play under pressure? And I don't think this kid can. All right. I mean, I've just I've seen it on film, whether it was last year or even, you know, this year against, uh, you know, he's 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 definitely had those plays on film. And so he, it's been a while. You know, I will say that I, I do think he, he he did that against um, not the Bears. Who did they play last week? The Jets. He had a couple of good, really good throws under pressure. Uh, Jacoby Myers crossing around and stuff like that. But they they are definitely getting less frequent. So sure. I was thinking about this this morning. Let me just. What's the best play of his career? Probably the Dallas. I was going to say Kendrick Bourne on the Dallas after the pick six. And there was a guy right in his face, too. He was he just threw – I mean, he did – that was kind of lucky. He just threw it up for grabs. Thank you. He basically, like, <laughs> threw it and spun around. But, hell, he, he had just thrown an interception. Was it a pick six that he threw? And then he comes back in first play, boom, you know, tie game or they take the lead, whatever it was. Ball should have been picked. <laughs> it should have been – I'm not joking. It should have been picked. The ball hung up there. It was a horribly thrown ball. I mean, the fact that it turned into a long touchdown, great, but it wasn't a great play. He got lucky. Even the big boy just said it. Jimmy clipped that. Ah. <laughs> All right. I, I, I see you holding patiently for the big boy. A big boy lightning round, I promise, right after this. Don't go anywhere. Football season is here. So if you're looking for a place to stop before the game or for your next viewing party, check out the team at Apotho Therapeutics in Plainville. They have the lowest prices and the best variety of cannabis products in the area. Your customer-friendly shopping experience begins as soon as you step into their clean, beautiful, modern store. You'll be greeted by a knowledgeable staff who will educate you on their full line of cannabis products. And unlike other dispensaries, all prices include taxes. So what you see is what you pay. Apotho Therapeutics is less than 10 minutes from Gillette Stadium. So make them part of your game day festivities. Visit Apotho Therapeutics today, 119 Washington Street, Route 1 in Plainville. This consumer responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1 800 222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR282388. Worried about energy costs going into the colder months? Now is the time to make energy-efficient improvements to your home. The more efficient your home is, the lower your utility bills will be. Save even more if you qualify for the 0% APR Mass Save Heat Loan Program. Learn more today. Call a St. Mary's Credit Union loan expert at 508-490-8000 or visit stmarycu.org. We set a higher standard for banking. Yours. Uh, when when you think about hot as balls, Felger. I just hope for some with a little more bite. Mass. Man down, man down. 98.5, the sports up. Okay, big boy lightning round as promised. Ben in Lynn. What do you got, Ben? Hey, uh, Greg, big fan. Just very quickly, Frank Reich. It sounds like you like him. Do you think the Patriots could bring him in, would bring him in? He obviously... Uh, you know, is making money from the Colts, so it wouldn't cost Bill anything. Thank you. Would love to see it. I think he's extremely bright. I don't think there's a whole lot of compatibility with his system with what the Patriots run, and I just don't see Bill doing that. And I would love to see it, though. Joe in Pittsfield, you're up next with Greg Bedard. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, Greg, do you think they should get a good quarterback coach to help this Jones out? Because of the way he looks sometimes coming off the field, it, you know, he's kind of got a 
crazy look on his face and everything. You, you think they kind of should get a good quarterback coach who's either played in the league or what is something that would help him out. Uh, there's an idea. Get him some real offensive coaches. I think we should bring that up from time to time, don't you think? <laughs> I'm, I, I would love a real quarterback coach uh, for Mac Jones. It, you know, watching them on the sidelines, it doesn't look really much like Mac Jones wants to listen. So to I was going to ask you, what, what's, his, what's that interaction and the body language look like? Not great. I mean, it's not adversarial or anything like that. Mac does, you know, look over, but I get the feeling that Mac is just like, really, this guy again? Uh, but the bigger problem is offensive coordinator. I mean, quarterback coaches aren't – they're nice, but, you know, really good game planners and play callers, much more important. Jack and Situate, you're up next with Greg. Go ahead, Jack. Hi, Michael. Question for you, Bedard. What's the best-case scenario for Mac? Personally, I think if he's low 200 yards a game, consistently one or two touchdowns, given the way the league looks this year, I mean, that would put us light years ahead of where we are now and we're mm -hmm. currently 5-4. and four. Yeah. Quickly, though, this leader of men comment, Mac has said this maybe three to other times this year. I think he's trolling and throwing jabs. Okay. He tends to do that. Uh, overstate it to the point where you're like, huh? Like leading you verbal breadcrumbs, as Gasper would say. But what is Mac Jones' ceiling? Yeah, I think, you know, for this year, I mean, I think what Jack is talking about is right. You know, that they're going to need to be ground-based. That's why I wish they had a fullback that could help that a little bit more. Um, you know, more high-percentage throws, uh, pop a big play where, you know, bust in coverage every now and then. Uh, but, you know, I do think his ceiling is higher. Um you know, I don't see why he couldn't be like Matt Ryan at his height. Um, you know, I, I, I think Max in that sort of category is as passer, but, you know, him and they have a long way to go. Eric on the South Shore. Hi, Eric. Greg, how can he be Matt Ryan when he can't throw the ball? The last two Patriot games, Nick Folk, 29 points. The rest of the Patriots' offense, 12 points. And it's time for you to realize that you lunatic Patriot fans have Colt McCoy. And you don't have a Tom Brady coming in the wings. It's not happening. Belichick missed on another first-round pick. Get over it. Okay, well, it's funny. I don't remember hearing any of this criticism last year during Mac Jones's rookie season when people, you know, sort of maybe they weren't completely sold. And even I wasn't completely sold that he's the franchise guy. But, you know, you looked at it as a rookie quarterback, you know, pretty good. Pretty good season. I don't think – yeah, we did have questions even – I have questions about like when he doesn't have a clean pocket, when he can't step into the throws, how good is his arm strength? And I think that's still a question mark, but I wouldn't say he can't throw. Like, you know, he's he's at least league average in terms of, you know, arm strength, in my opinion, and I think it can can get better. No one was saying it in the offseason. Right. So, you know, here we are where it's year two, the owner comes out on record. Love this guy, big year two jump. And uh, even Bill Belichick, first week of training camp, right? Mm -hmm. Remember he was going on about how what yep. night and day Mac Jones is? And now here we are halfway through the year, and you ask who are the worst quarterbacks in the league, and Mac Jones is on the list. Mm -hmm. That is a major fail. Sure it is. That Bill Belichick has authored with this, and it started with Patricia and Judge, and it's just, you know, <laughs> it's not like people, didn't, this isn't a second guess. The second th that news came out, the second we found out that these guys would be working on offense, the second we said, what the hell are they doing? And all of our worst fears have been realized. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy that, that that actually came to pass like that because usually it goes the other way. 
You dump all over them and they prove you wrong. I mean, that's what's been going on here for a long time. Not this time. Gordon in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Gordon. Last, last year after the Dallas game, Bill stepped in and took control of the defense. So here we are at the bye week. You know, if there's an opportunity to take the keys away from Patricia and Judge, here it is. Greg, what do you think? I'm on board. I put this in my column uh, for the game where I said, maybe it's not a bad idea. Just turn it over to Belichick. Let him call the place. Let him do it. Like, he's he's that invested in the offense. I mean, he's he's all over the offense during the game and, you know, looking at the pictures and things like that. And the defense, you know, we'll see where it goes from here, and they'll need help against Buffalo. But for now, right out of the bye, Bill, just take the play sheet. You know, do everything soup to nuts because this season's going off the rails if he doesn't do it. So maybe that's what that comment's about. So again, we're back to the comment in case you're just joining us. Bill Belichick admitted today that opposing defenses and defensive players have been clued into the Patriots' plays before they happen. Shaq Leonard last week, and unprompted, he mentioned uh, Mosley the week before against the Jets, which to me was a stunning bit of transparency on the part of Belichick, where he readily, openly admitted that opponents had their plays before the snap. So you think that is... Yeah, maybe it's related. I, you know, when I say related to the idea that the fact that Bill would bring it up during the bye is not an accident. He, I, You know, I'd even go so far as to say he wanted the question asked. Like, again, and take that for what it's worth. The, the guy who asked the question, Mark Tinn, is the guy who wrote the story for Mass Live. So, you know, he was on it. And maybe Bill is getting ready to take it over. I mean, we, it would be a logical time, and he's letting everyone know that he didn't like the way the last couple of games are going, and he's going to make an adjustment. And let me tell you, I think he should, but let me give you a prediction. He won't do well with it. I think he is completely underestimated mm -hmm. what it takes to coach offenses uh, in today's day and age. I know that sounds kind of silly. Well, it sounds silly coming out of my mouth because he's the best coach of our generation and has been at this thing forever. But I think that he still, I, I, I think, and I've said this for a long time, he has this arrogance about him and this defensive coach mentality of, you know, you guys think you're all geniuses over there on offense. And I think he totally underestimates how freaking detailed and complex it is on that side of the ball. And I don't think he'll do a good job at it. I don't think he's an offensive coach. I don't think at this stage, at 70 years old, all of a sudden he's going to turn around with that big play sheet in his hand and have a feel for calling plays. It's not that easy. You have to do it for a long time and devote yourself to it. You have to do it over and over and over again and uh, do it and fail, do it and fail, do it and fail, and then you get it, and over time you uh, develop a rhythm and a touch with it. It's too late. He's not going to do it. It's not going to be good. So take it over. Yes, I'd rather have you than Matt Patricia. I still don't think it's going to work. I, I completely agree with you in terms of, you know, Bill, I think he underestimates, and I think that's how we got here. This whole thing, my rant earlier about, you know, the difference between paper law and trial law. Like, you know, these defensive guys, they look at an offense and they're like, all right, well, how am I going to, how am I going to affect the offense? How am I going to, they just look at the other team where, Offense is more about your own guys. Yes. How do I get them in the rhythms? Yes, that's and, right. you know, even these guys like Lombardi who said, like, I saw Bill ran the offense in 1995 in Cleveland. Bill Parcells ran the offense in New York. Do you know how many plays you called? Like, it was all running and so throw to the true. tight and end or, like, throw a go route. Like, or, you know, you know what it was? What, it wasn't, like, running the offense. It was Parcells getting uh, impatient. Because the offense was stalling, and then before one drive, he gets on the headset to Charlie Weiss or whoever the offensive coordinator was and says, Charlie, run the effing ball. 
And then all of a sudden, like, Bill Parcells is calling the plays? No. He was frustrated with how it was going, and he, and he big-timed his assistant coaches and called some plays. Or, but they weren't really plays. It was like, throw it to freaking Bavaro, would you, you idiot? And that, that's like the extent of Parcells calling the plays. That's my view of it. Tell Sims to hand the ball off for Pete's sake. Like, that's it. That's all he did. But, the, you know, these defensive coaches, they got small penis syndrome. Like, you guys think you're so smart. You do all these complex, you mad scientists over there on offense. It's not that difficult. And he underestimates the fact that it is. And it ain't going to work. And so even when he does take over the offense, it still won't work. Real, Some, something's coming, though. There's real, a change coming. Real quick, Danny and Waltham, go. Yeah, uh, Greg, you brought up kind of the third down back, James White type role. Just quick, what's the deal with Ty Montgomery? Um, he'd be a good role player. And also, why are they starting to use Jacoby Myers in the running game? He's not Debo Samuel, and it's a it's not a good use of his skill set, which is valuable to this team. Okay, when you say starting to use him, the, the end around that was fumbled a couple weeks ago, I can't remember against two even. Was that against Chicago? Yeah, he fumbled the end around against Chicago three weeks ago, and then he had the quarterback sneak last week. Is that what he's referring to with Myers in the running I, game? I bet you they're setting up a... a receiver option pass with Myers, the former quarterback. Like they're 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 setting that up. They're so smart. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna hit hit somebody with that at some point. Um but uh what was the other part of it? It'll be question? five and eight when they do uh, it, but uh, they'll the, do it. The third down back thing. Yeah, Ty Montgomery, they just haven't started the clock on him. So obviously he's still still dealing with an injury. He was in the plans. It would have been nice to have a backup option, but you know, they got to do something. You know, JG Taylor, you know, broke up tackle you know once in this game like Ooh. you know get him in sp- <laughs> for this offense that's a lot you know outside of R- R- Ramondre Stevenson so uh they need to do something they need to give Mac uh, you know some easier outlets some cheaper yardage everything is just it's a tractor pull to get five yards in this offense and uh that's no way to play offense in the NFL thanks for coming uh by big fella thanks guys thanks, see you big boy thus concludes the big boy Tuesday portion of the program we'll get back to the Patriots in a minute but we just want to starting next hour mix in a Celtics thought a Bruins thought a Red Sox thought Bogart slash Liverpool for sale all this stuff you want to talk Bruins just have a Quick minute. You want to talk Celtics for a quick minute? You want to talk Red Sox for a quick minute? Now's your chance. 617-779-0985. We get after it. Right after Murray gets you updated. 90 seconds, no commercials. Worried about energy costs going into colder months? The Mass Save Heat Loan Program provides you with the opportunity to apply for a 0% APR interest loan from St. Mary's Credit Union to assist with the installation of eligible and recommended energy-efficient improvements in your home. Learn more at stmarriescu.org. You've made your list and checked it twice. What's next? The Books Company is here to make your holidays even sweeter. Our holiday flowers, wreaths, and mini trees are sourced directly from some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms, even ones on the side of a volcano. They stay fresher longer and give you all the holiday feels. Gift family and friends or spice up your own home. Visit books.com and use Holiday 25 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com. The Books Company. Bouquets simplified. <laughs> 